You know, I mentioned it earlier, but a turnaround is something that we all need from time to time. Some of us need a bunch of them. Amen. In my life, I've needed many turnarounds. But this Easter, I pray that you're going to allow this very simple and this very practical Easter message that celebrates that Jesus is risen from the dead to have an impact on your life today and for eternity. So as we revisit what I believe is the greatest turnaround ever, Jesus going from death to life, there can be no more powerful turnaround than that. I encourage you not only to look at what happened that day, but also see what Jesus offers you this day as you celebrate Easter and determine if maybe you need a turnaround of your own. You see, it's one thing for us to fall down. All believers fall down at some point or another. But many believers fall down and they don't ever get back up. They reminisce about how things used to be between them and God. They remember how they used to go to church and uh, visit with all their church brothers and sisters. They remember, friend, uh, how they used to live their life for the glory of God. But somewhere along the way, they fell down and they just didn't get back up. I think that one of the biggest factors that keeps many people from getting back up, from getting back up and serving God, it's not peer pressure. It's not even the lack of desire. They want to. But the biggest factor that keeps people down is probably guilt. Maybe they've done something that they're totally ashamed of. And they fell out of church. They fell out of their relationship with Christ. And they're just too embarrassed to return. But the real problem is this. The real problem is not a misplaced guilt. The real problem is they are looking backward instead of looking forward. That's what a turnaround is all about. Not looking backward, but looking forward. Listen, you may have fallen, but I got great news for you today. You can get back up. And once you get back up, then you can begin to move forward again. Just listen to something that the Apostle Paul wrote to believers. He said, this one thing that I do is forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You see, you've got an upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You've got something that only you can do that God wants you to do 
for him and for his glory. Listen, friend, don't you let Satan keep you from living an awesome Christian life. Don't you let Satan for a second keep you from fulfilling God's divine plan for your life. Just by bringing up your past. I encourage you just to respond to God in the present. And then let him take charge and allow him to control your future. The past is past. You can't change it. But listen to me, friend. The future is unwritten. The future is unwritten. Proverbs chapter 24. The Bible says that a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. But the wicked shall fall by just one calamity. No matter how many times you fall, you just get back up. Y'all, have you ever heard of the concept of failing forward? Failing forward means that you're not a failure just because you fall. You only fail if you fall and don't get back up. That's failing forward. The idea of failing forward teaches us that if we get back up just once more, then we fall. Then we are a success. And this could never be more true than in, with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Who died once for all and then rose again once for all. So if we're going to fail, I believe that God wants us to fail forward. I mean, he's been with us the whole time while we're struggling. He's been patiently waiting behind all those things that we put in front of him. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? He knows that we're coming back. It's just a matter of when. He knows, friend, that you're going to come back to him one day. But he wonders, how long is she going to endure the emptiness? How long is he going to endure the shame? How long will they endure the lack of peace before they come back to me? Today, I want to tell you about an amazing the greatest turnaround. It's the greatest transformation that has ever occurred in Scripture. On page 881 in the Bibles in front of you, I'd encourage you to follow along because I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to see for yourself straight from the Word of God. In Matthew chapter 28, we're going to read about the greatest turnaround ever. In Matthew 28, beginning in verse 1, Matthew... Now, anybody been watching the, the Chosen series about Jesus? I mean, it's really uncanny. Y'all need to watch that. It's, it's a, a really true to Scripture uh, depicting of Jesus' ministry. Well, when they get to Matthew, Matthew is a little bit... Um, he's a little bit different. He's real, real calculating. He's real numbers-oriented. Um, he's just really, really peculiar, if you will. 
And it's just interesting that they depict Matthew that way, especially the one who wrote what I'm getting ready to share with you. In verse 1 of Matthew 28, Matthew says, Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. The angel's countenance was like lightning. His clothing was white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. They just passed out, y'all. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. Guess what, y'all? He ain't here. <laughs> He's not here, for he is risen, just as he said he would. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly, tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And so they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and with great joy, and they ran. Now, back in this day, women didn't run, amen? But these women ran to bring his disciples' word. In verse 9, as they went to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, rejoice, be joyful. And so they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Now we fast forward to verse 16, and I want you to see the results of this little encounter between these ladies and the disciples. In verse 16, then the 11 disciples, you remember there was a problem with one of them, don't you? The 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. They saw him. Many of them were worshiping him. But even some of the 11 doubted that it was really him. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Even to the end of the age. Now, I want to tell you that Jesus came from heaven to personally provide you and I for the cure to our sin cancer. He came to provide the cure. Yet God's only son was rejected by the masses. He was betrayed by his friends. He was deserted by his followers. And then he was tortured and he was killed. Can I tell you, at this point, God had every right to just destroy the entire human race. But he didn't. I mean, even those who were closest to Jesus turned their backs on him. While we say, thank God it's Friday, guess what? Jesus didn't. Y'all, it was a horrible Friday. It was a horrible Friday. Then, within three days, 
this incredible turnaround occurs. Everything turns around. The whole situation is transformed. And suddenly, Jesus is alive and well. The people that saw him get crucified and die now saw him walking around town. And I submit to you, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, we learned this morning that it was 500 that Jesus revealed himself to. I'll bet you there was far more than that. That's just how many were recorded. Ain't no telling how many people saw Jesus walking around town in his glorified body. You see, you can't keep a God man down. Amen. Y'all didn't hear me, did you? I was making a joke. So how in the world can I experience that kind of turnaround? How can I experience this kind of transformation in my life? Well, friend, listen. Whether it's for your whole life or just that little small part of your life or whether it's for your eternal life, the requirements for a successful turnaround are exactly the same. And I'm going to share those with you today. To begin with, we need to acknowledge, I need a new beginning. I need a fresh start. I need a clean slate. The Bible teaches that even believers were once far away from God. We were actually his enemies, the Bible says, separated by him, from him by our own evil thoughts and our own actions. We were enemies of God. We were dead to God, the Bible says, because of our sins. And then God made us alive. He made us alive in Christ. He forgave our sins. Then he canceled the record containing our charges. And he took that charge and he nailed it to the cross. Destroying it once and for all. Whew. Then the Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And even if the new creature stumbles, even if the new creature sins, even if the new creature blows it sky high, God tells us that if we're willing to confess our sin, if we're willing to turn away from that sinful behavior, then God is faithful and he is just to forgive us of our sins. See, Proverbs 28, 13 teaches us that people who try to cover up and conceal their sins, they will never prosper. But those who confess and forsake their sins, they will receive mercy, mercy from God. In other words, we get another chance. In other words, we get a new beginning because of our relationship with Christ. You see, not only do we need a new beginning, friend, we need a clean slate. A brand new beginning. How would you like to have a clean slate this morning? Where you're starting fresh with God. Brand new. Friends, that's exactly what we need. And if that's something you recognize that you need, there are only two conditions to you getting a clean slate this morning. Number one, you need to take responsibility for your sin. I can't take responsibility for it. You have to take responsibility for the sin in your life. Secondly, you got to change direction. You got to be willing to turn away from your sin and go a different direction. Go God's direction and stop going your own way. It's just that simple. Jesus took care of all the rest. 
He took care of the penalty. He shed the blood. His body was broken. He's the one that provides our entrance into heaven. But all we got to do is take responsibility for our sin and be willing to turn and change directions. Friends, a new beginning is an opportunity to start all over again. If you're anything like me, sometimes I have to do that daily. There's been some days I've had to do it hourly where I needed a clean slate, a brand new beginning. I had to start all over. And if you're going to experience a turnaround in your life, then, friend, you're going to need the same kind of new beginning. But that's not all. Because to experience this kind of turnaround, we also need a new strategy. We need a new plan. God spoke to the wisest man in the world, Solomon, saying, Never forget the things that I've taught you. Store my commands in your heart for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. See, everyone wants to live a long life, don't you? We all want to live a long life. We all want to see our children grow up. We all want to see our grandchildren come on the scene. By the way, have I told you I got a granddaughter? Her name is Iris. Let me tell you about her. I'm only kidding. We all want to see our grandkids come on the scene, right? But how many of us truly want to make a difference in the world that we live in? If you want to do that, you're going to need a new plan, a new strategy. What is the new strategy? Friend, it's so simple, it's so easy, we sometimes just trip over it. Here's how easy it is. Solomon spelled it out for us in Proverbs chapter 3. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's how he began. And don't lean on your own understanding of things. Instead, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Don't be wise in your own eyes. He was rhyming it and he didn't even know it. Don't be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. Now that's simple as it gets, but that's hard as it gets too. Somebody say amen. I mean, it's simple, but it's, e I mean, it's easy, but it's difficult. But have you ever heard of what the definition of insanity is? Insanity is doing the same things the same way and expecting different results. That's insane. Friend, I believe that many times uh, people try to have a new beginning, but they don't put a new plan in place, a new strategy in place, and that's totally insane. It's insane. A new beginning without a new strategy means that I'm going to keep doing the same old things. It produces the same old result. So here's the big question about your strategy. Are you trusting God? Or are you trusting yourself? Are you going God's way? Or are you going your own way? Is God on the throne of your life? Or is self? On the throne of your life. That friend is the big question. And whether you're looking for a turnaround for today. Or whether you're looking for a turnaround for eternity. You're going to need a new beginning. And a new strategy that includes trusting the Lord with all your heart. But we also need something else. We need strength. New strength. The Bible says. How incredibly great is his power to help those who believe in him. That's awesome. 
How incredibly great is his power to help those who believe in him. Listen, y'all. It's the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. The same power that God wants to give you to have this new turnaround is the same power that he used to raise Jesus up from that grave. We need that same power. You see, a turnaround without the power to do it, friend, that's just good intention. That's wishful thinking. That's just a hope, a, a pipe dream. You got to have the power. And God provides the power when you're in a relationship with him. Now, friend, I'm a bit of a history buff, and I want to share a little story with you about the Battle of Waterloo. In 1815, France was at war with England. And in this Battle of Waterloo, there was a man in London who was up in the, the tallest part of the cathedral. And what he did is he took these flags, and he would wave messages down to the people down on the road. And he was trying to give them updates about the status of the war. Well, the whole city of London was just anxious, wanting to hear new information, new news about what was going on and how things were going uh, at the war. They were wondering if their leader, the Duke of Wellington, was even going to be able to defeat the French Emperor Napoleon. Well, one day... He received news and he frantically started waving his flags. And when the people looked up, they could barely see him. This incredibly dense, thick fog had come in and they could barely see the, the guy waving his flags. And the only part of the message that they saw was Wellington defeated. Man, they were broken. Their hearts just sank, y'all. They couldn't believe it. That they were suffering defeat. But then there came a break in the fog. And as they looked up at him, waving his flags, they saw the rest of the message. And the rest of the message was, Wellington defeated Napoleon. Man, suddenly the whole country of England begins to rejoice. They're excited for the victory that they had won over the French. Friends, when Jesus died. When Jesus died, the message that came to the disciples was, Jesus defeated. But then three days later, three days later when the fog cleared, the message became clear to their disciples and they saw Jesus defeated Satan. Amen. Praise God for the resurrection. What a turnaround. To go from death to life. See, when Jesus died, y'all, it was a moment of profound sadness. But three days later when he rose from the dead, it was a moment of overwhelming gladness. They were so excited that their Savior's word was true that they did rise from the grave. And friends, today, all around the world today, all around the world other believers are celebrating the glorious truth that Jesus arose from the grave. I want you to know today, you are not alone. Millions of Christians are celebrating the same thing that you're celebrating, that Jesus rose from that grave. Now, I believe you may have fallen. 
You may have fallen down and you're finding it really hard to get up. Maybe it's led to sadness in your life and you're frustrated and you're feeling guilty and shameful. But I want you to know that the victory that God purchased for you still applies. It still applies to you and you don't have to feel defeated. Instead, you can get back up and you can experience a profound turnaround in your life. It's only over when God says it's over. You just get back up and keep trying. I read that there are no stains on the pages of tomorrow. That spoke life to me. No stains on the pages of tomorrow. So maybe you have failed. Maybe you have sinned. Maybe you have fallen. So what? Who hasn't? Amen? We all have. We are all fallen. Just don't fail to be saved. Don't fail to be in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Don't fail there. Pick up the broken pieces and bring them to the Lord. Pick up your broken pieces and trust in His Holy Word. He'll put you back together. He'll make your life complete. Just lay those broken pieces at your beloved Savior's feet. Praise God. Amen. Broken pieces. Broken pieces. So what do I do, Bill? I need to turn around. I haven't been faithful like I once was. I haven't been serving God like I once did. Me and God ain't been tight like we once were. What do I do? If you're not already, you need to get saved. Amen. Get saved. Get right with God. Take, take responsibility for your shortcomings. Change directions, right? That's all really that you can do. The rest is all up to Him. And get active in God's family. Do you know, friend, that God has things for you to do that only you can do? The most gifted member at Bethel Baptist Church can't do the things you can do. God wants to use you for his glory. You've got this gift that he's bestowed upon you and he wants you to use it. He wants you to use it for his glory. So today, I believe he wants us all to experience a dramatic turnaround in our lives. And the greatest hope, friend, of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is if things need to turn around in your life, if there's something in your life that needs to change, listen to me, it can. If your eternal destination needs to change, it can. If, friend, your life you've been living needs to change, it can. Friend, if the relationship you have with God or the lack thereof needs to change, I want you to know, it can. However, the choice remains yours. The choice remains yours. And so today, you got an opportunity. An opportunity to respond to this message of the empty tomb. You have an opportunity to respond to this message of the greatest turnaround ever.
But in reality, there are really only two responses you can give. One, one response is you can do nothing. You can leave here the same way you came in. You can do nothing. You can say, you know, Bill, I'll think about that. You can say, you know, Bill, maybe another day. You can say, I'm just not really sure about all this resurrection stuff. And those responses, friend, they will change nothing in your life, both for now or for eternity. They will change nothing. You can continue in the same life you've been living, doing it the same way you've been doing it, and thinking you can get a different result. You can become, if you choose, to be the living embodiment of insanity. However, I pray you won't. I pray that you won't, because there is another way to respond to the message of the empty tomb. And that is, you can take a step of faith. Just take a step of faith. Trust in Jesus as your only means for going to heaven. Believe that God raised him from the dead on that first Easter morning. Believe that he defeated death, including yours. Can I tell you what God wants for you? God wants you to come to the saving knowledge of his son, Jesus Christ. God wants you to daily grow in his plan for your life and to live out that plan. God wants you to tell others about God's great gift, salvation, that comes through Christ. Just look at what he said there in verse 16. Or in verse 19, rather, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's what he wants for you. He wants you to come to Jesus. He wants you to, to just grow in your faith. And he wants you to tell other people about it. Let the Lord use you, friend. Let the Lord use you to change the world. Let the Lord use you to help others with their turnaround. Maybe you've already got yours. Well, how many people do you know that could really use a turnaround? We talked about one, didn't we? Brother Josh. Amen. He could really use a turnaround. Well, Josh, you might be the very man, chosen man of God. To help your brother with that turnaround. Let the Lord use you. To change the world. To make a difference. You see. That's the message of the whole New Testament. God using his people. To change the world. Why? Because Jesus changes everything. Those disciples. Those apostles. Those followers. They didn't change nothing. But the Jesus in them. Changed everything. You know the Bible tells us that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. You'll be saved. It's just that simple friend. So how about it today? How about it today? Are you ready for your turnaround? I was reminded of what Jesus said. 
to a lady named Martha. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, yet he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And he looked at, in Martha's eyes. He says, sister, do you believe that? Do you believe it? That's the same question that the Savior poses to you today. Do you believe it? Are you ready for your turnaround? You can have it. You're going to need a new beginning. You're going to need a clean slate, right? You're going to need a new strategy. The plan you were using ain't working, right? You need a new strategy. You've got to trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on what you think you know. And you're going to need new strength, the same strength, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave. Whatever turnaround you need, you come as we sing here in a moment. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for second chances. Thank you for third, fourth, and fifth chances. Father, thank you for salvation and for the glorious resurrection of your only begotten son, Jesus. And Father, I ask you now, Father, just speak to every heart, to every mind that is in this building, to everyone listening in. Father, don't let them leave the same way they came out. Father, I ask you in Jesus' name, Father, to do a remarkable turnaround in every one of our lives. We all need it. Father, whatever decision you have inspired one to make, Father, let them take a step of faith. Just believe it. Lord, allow us the privilege to pray with them, to show what the word has in store for them. Lord, whatever decision needs to be made today, let us not live in insanity, doing things the same way, in the same time frame, expecting different results. Instead, let us trust you with all of our heart, both for now and for eternity. Thank you for the turnaround of Jesus Christ. And thank you more than anything for the turnaround it provides for us. In his glorious name we pray. And all God's people said. Amen. Amen.